a timeout. Decide not to use a time. Wait a minute. Put your cup down. Hold up. Blink for me. Through these first couple of games, it's a lot of stuff, and then just trying to find where the rest of that offense comes from. Are you guys feeling that? Is this going to have to be done a different way? Oh, well, I think our offense is always a lot of stuff. It all starts um, with stuff. Whether you know, when KD was here, our offense still started with stuff, and you know, that's that's the way it's going to be. Uh, I think you know, when you're playing against a team like that, you have to get offense from other places and not just stuff. And I think for the most part. You know, we did a pretty good job of that. Um, you know, Clay, but four for 19, had a tough one. But, um, you know, that happens. And we know he'll make shots as, as this series continues to go on. But uh, we didn't we didn't turn the ball over. And I thought that was very important uh, in this game is, is keeping them out of transition to make them play against our defense. I bet you KD is going to tweet something tomorrow. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach, my guy. The bounce back we were all expecting, I guess. Um, how are you feeling, my guy, after game two? Um, like Skip Bayless said, I like Golden State in game three. Um, I thought the Warriors were extraordinary tonight. Steph Curry, elite once again, 29 points, um, 9 for 20 shooting, uh, I believe. Um, and his uh, disciple, Jordan Poole, is pulling up from half court. Jordan Poole really building his confidence up. It's a beautiful sight to see. And we're going back to that uh, Tremont postgame comment on KD. Oh, boy. Um, this is what I don't want. I, I seriously feel like the exact headline on first take tomorrow with Stephen A. Smith is going to be comparing Steph and KD for the rest of this finals, man. It's not what this is about. Um, and I think it's going to be like this for the rest of the series because, I mean, it, it really seems like whenever the Warriors are in consideration for anything, it, whether it's top seed in the Western Conference, they're playing really well or they're in the NBA Finals. Katie always comes up. He always makes his way into the conversation when it doesn't need to happen. And look what happened tonight. I mean, Draymond was right. Things are going to get a little bit spicy. Little it, bit spicy. It, yeah, I mean, it kind of got spicy uh, this game too. I mean, Draymond, uh, being Draymond, I honestly thought that he's literally asking for a second technical there. And the Brown, uh, I don't know, the Brown... Jalen Brown parent fight. Draymond Green was trying to pull his pants down. When realistically, that's hilarious because real because when you look at the play, Jalen Brown kicks his leg out, which is a, which is an obvious offensive foul. Um, and they both fall. Draymond falls on Jalen Brown, and then Draymond being Draymond, trying to get under his skin, puts his feet on his head. Jalen Brown takes exception to that. They go at one in, one another, pushing and shoving, and then they get broken up. And it, it was not a smart play by Draymond, knowing that he already has a technical foul. He would have been ejected if he got another technical foul. But Zach Zarb is the man and said that there would be no tech at all. I don't think – I thought it was a little bit soft to call that a technical TBH 
to be honest. Eh, I mean, it's Draymond. He has a reputation. At I, that, I understand. That point. His, I understand his reputation. I just don't think that should have. Um, granted a technical, if we're being honest, either hundred percent, hundred percent. It was just should have been a play on. It's the NBA finals. Like if you let them jaw at each other, it's a part of the game. I mean, you know? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. It's just been a play on, Um, but yeah, let's get into the game. Right. So I guess the number one story for the Warriors was defense for games one and two in game one. We saw how putrid that perimeter defense was. In game two, at times it was it, like it wasn't like the first quarter, but like you can tell as the game prevent uh, progressed that hey, they're actually getting up on Horford, they're getting up on Marcus Smart, they're getting up on Derek White, and it led them to a lot of success. It led them to turnovers. It led them to stops. You look at the comparison between points. Horford had twenty six in game one. In game two, he only had two points. Same thing for Marcus Smart. I think he had like 16 in game one and he had like what four. So really key difference there to that Warriors win is that defense. Although, like you said, Zach, so that, that perimeter defense can be on quarter, and off sometimes. The third quarter is where they really locked it up. That was lead defense followed up by crucial buckets to extend the lead to double digits and they didn't look back. The third quarter was where they really stepped it on defense. The first and second half, it was sloppy at times. Um, but also, granted, Jason Tatum had 21 points in the first half, and there were multiple plays where he wasn't missing no matter how great you were guarding him. And um, I think the spark of GP2 coming back in the lineup helped defensively tremendously. Um, and I think Steph was working as – I'm not he was doing do everything. He was he, doing everything. He showed the real true two-way player potential he has tonight at the age of 34, the young age of 34. Steph's defense, defense was underrated. His thing, his defense is really underrated. Like you said, like he's like uh, on Tatum, he's on Marcus Samar, and he's actually holding his ground. He doesn't need a double team like back then where he'd always have to have help. He can actually hold his own now, and it's really – great to see the progress he's made on the defensive end and um people kind of overlook that defense especially other teams when they try to hunt him um and they're kind of learning their lesson a little bit when they're going one-on-one at Steph um I do want to point out one thing too you said about Gary Payton the second how come he didn't play in game one he we saw we both saw his impact in game two I know that I know I know, but just to no, I just want to give him props. Just the fact that he fractured his elbow on May third, and it's June fifth, just over a month. Hundred percent, he's back post elbow fracture. I mean, hundred percent. That's what a true warrior is. Our, uh is uh, defined as, I guess, an elbow fracture coming back and playing. But I don't think he played in game one because cautionary reasons. I'm not sure. I think he. I don't think he would. He. Do you think if Iggy not being out in game two would have led GP two to not play at all in game two? No. I don't oh, do you think so. you think GP would have gotten run regardless of Iggy's yes. status? Because yes. Okay. Yeah, Good I point. think so. Um. Yeah. So. But going back to that, I thought that even if GP two played in game one, I still think I think he would have provided some help. 
but I don't think he would have had extensive minutes to prevent what happened in the fourth quarter, but I'm not going to go back to the game one. So nah, me neither. Um, you can check out that previous episode on game one, our, our little shock in that thing. I was actually still pissed about that, but um, I think I noticed one thing too, is where um, the Warriors decided to run pick and roll every single time. PNR, PNR, PNR. Steph handled those PNRs beautifully. He attacked Al Horford. He attacked Robert Williams and, he gave a lot of openings to whoever was open. Wiggins, uh, Clay, although Clay was kind of te- was terrible, not kind of, he was terrible. I'll get to Clay later on, but he's providing open looks for Looney, um, Draymond. That's what's um, the greatness of Steph is not only can he score, he can play make, and that's just the greatness of Steph, like we've said many, many episodes already. So, um, did you like that adjustment where instead of going? To the motion, they went away and just ran PNR every single time. I think that's the only way. That's it the works. only way it works for Celt- against the Celtics. When you draw Al Horford onto you and you can make him dance and have step back, hit step back threes in his face, while because of creating that separation, yeah, it works every single time. And especially when Steph's on, it works as well. And especially when Jordan Poole is shooting lights out like he did tonight, even though in the first half he was garbage. Yeah. He was just like Clay, terrible. Um, but I thought PNR was the way to go, and Steve worked that magic. He, worked he that wasn't magic. stubborn. He wasn't stubborn trying to run the motion every goddamn play. Uh, my apologies for the language, but sometimes it's all about the triangle, though, baby. <laughs> he he got that Michael Jordan sense in him now. <laughs> okay, so. Um, players that are on my list as to like players to watch moving forward going to Boston. One player in particular is Clay Thompson. Games one and two, he wasn't. No, I'm, I'm not going to say he wasn't too good. He was terrible. I'm going to put that plain and simple. He was really bad. I know. I know you're mouthing something, but uh, we can't really air that. But um, he was terrible. Um, game one, we mentioned already. Game two, he was four nineteen. I think nine points, I think. Um, Four of 19 and was... He did play very good defense, though. Got to give him that. 100%, but I feel like he has to step up in order for the Warriors to have more success. What do you think is the problem? In order for the Warriors to win it all, he needs to have at least one good game. And if that's in game five or game six or game seven, I'll take it. But he needs to have at least one good game where he's at the peak of his powers, where he's having that game against Memphis, that game against Dallas, that tournaments. Um, that game in 2016 in game six in Oklahoma City where Joe Lacob got his got on his knees after and bowed down to him. That type of performance um for for the Warriors to win. Um I think this if we're the series is tied 1-1 right now. I'm going off topic, but I seriously think this series will go seven games with the way these two teams play. I think they're going to split in Boston. It's going to be each home team will win game five and game six, and it'll come back for game seven. That's just me. I'm going off topic, but. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, honestly, with the way games one and two have shown us, literally anything can happen. So your your prediction of going to seven, it's probably not a hot take. It's possible. Um, I want to touch back on Clay a little bit, though. Like, 
What do you think's the issue with him? Do you think it's the defense of the Celtics, or is it just Clay forcing those those one two dribble pull ups that he just becomes I don't know like he's he just starting to his, keep he doing doesn't have his stroke it seems like and he hasn't had his stroke consistently since January 9th when he returned. Um, I mean I I feel like people have such high expectations for him. Granted, he's one of the greatest shooters of all time. Um, and he shares the backcourt with Stephen Curry, but there needs to be a, you need to bring in the, to the fact that he's also a player who is coming off of two catastrophic knee injuries. And I'm not trying to make this as an excuse, but you saw it during the regular season. There were multiple nights where he just was, he was shoot. It was awful how he was shooting. Um, and I think he's had those games in the postseason. I think he was non-existent in that Mavs series until game five. It seemed like he was non-existent in that he did hit that clutch shot against Memphis in game one. But he, I know game was, two. I know that game two. That game two, Clay kind of hijacked that game. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Multiple times in the Memphis series, he was non-existent. Game six, he's thinking for Clay, he – it will take some time for him to show up in this series. If it's game three, game four, I don't think I love Clay Thompson, but I just don't, I, I'm, I'm questioning the fact if he's going to be, if he's go, if he can consistently show up in back-to-back games, I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but. I mean, you're right. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. I mean, you're right. He just, he just, he just seems. I think the f- one factor is is that when he sees a shot go down, he's going to continue chucking because he thinks he's in a, in a rhythm, which doesn't work. But I also did see in the along the stretches of the second half is that he was dishing it out more often, which I think is a good thing because if it's not going in, there's no point in hijacking the game and shooting when you're – in four seconds into the shot clock, which I exactly. absolutely hated. When he did that, like, it made my blood boil because, like, you're giving the defense an easier time by not moving the ball around and just giving them a, a free out, which is quick shots. So, um, all I'm saying is, in order for the Warriors to win this series, Clay Thompson will have to be at the peak of his powers for at least one game. He will have to have a game six type performance at least once in this series for the Warriors to win the title. If that's game three, if that's game four, if that's game five, if that's game six, if that's game seven, it's it has to happen. I yeah. do not think that I love Steph Curry. But you can't do he, it by yourself. He's he has been carrying this team offensively. And all props to Andrew Wiggins, who's been doing an extraordinary job. But those two guys and Kevon Looney. Those, those guys cannot carry this team by itself. You need a guy like Clay Thompson to come up big when it matters, and he has proven to do that, and he will have to do that at least once this series. 100%. And that brings me to my second player that has to come up big at least once this series to make sure the Warriors win is Jordan Poole. Um, I know we've he said you said that he didn't have a great game in the first half, but that second half, it kind of seemed like his rhythm was coming in. So, I mean, going to Boston, I mean, I really expect Jordan Poole to step it up. 
and not be flustered like in game one and the first half of game two. So, I mean, um, I, I, I think that second half really brought his confidence back up. I think he's going to be ready to go for game three. Um, but I think he's – he made some stupid mistakes, like some really dumb mistakes, but I think he has – he can learn – he's proven that he can learn from them, and I think he's going to bounce back and be a big contributor coming off the bench for the rest of the series. One thing I want to point out, going off topic, but I, I think Draymond's aggressiveness again tonight – it was sort of like a game five against Dallas type of performance. He didn't have 17 points, but how many points did he have? But I think he like was, nine. He had nine points, nine points. Yeah, but he was when he was in the paint, he wasn't passing it back out. He was putting it back. He was trying to put it up, get contact, get to the line. Um, and he wasn't making me angry by chucking shots like he did in game one. I mean, when he's open. Yes, there is a good – there's a decent chance that he will knock down that three. But if he's shooting contested jumpers, no way in hell do I want him shooting that. So, I thought Draymond's aggressiveness tonight was excellent. Um, all Draymond needs to do, cut it, cut it out with talking to the officials, and we're set. I mean – Draymond talking to the refs is kind of inevitable, inevitable, bro. I mean, <laughs> um, it's always going to happen, but he really needs to watch it because I don't know how many technicals he has this postseason, and I'm not trying uh, to have him suspended. I don't want 2016 all over again. I think he has two flagrant fouls before getting suspended. Okay. I don't know oh, how many okay. – My yeah. bad, my bad, my bad. I was thinking technicals. and <laughs> I don't know about a, the technicals, but I, I think that's a, not the thing too. I was getting them mixed up. Yeah, but – um. With Draymond, um, he has to keep up that aggressiveness. Not overly aggressive, but taking what the defense gives him, like floaters, layups, the occasional top of the key three. I don't want him taking any other three besides that top of the key, top of the key three. That's it for open shots for him. Okay. Andrew Wiggins tonight, stellar. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, we forgot to talk about one more player. Uh, your favorite, Nemanja Bielitsa. Uh, yeah, Nemanja. My boy Belly. <laughs> Belly was Belly was good. He was good tonight. Um, I, I think he was put in more from the length perspective. God, that was weird. And spacing. Length and girth perspective. <laughs> Pause. Pause, bro. And uh spacing. Um I because I think in like, the series again in game oh geez, in game <laughs> in game five against Dallas. Um, I think I covered it, um, when I was doing the solo pods, well, no, I'm not going to throw shade at my co-host. Um, oh, bro. Hey, you're about to throw shade there, eh? You're about to say it, eh? Uh, <laughs> Belly, he was playing well with Draymond and he was locking up Luca at times and he was locking up Jason Tatum at times too. Um, but he had some key minutes. If Andre is still out for game three. Uh, I think it was right knee inflammation. Um, I, I last time I checked, I don't think he had the knee issue on the injury report. But all right, I hope Iggy gets better. I mean, just put him like seriously. He can take Mike Brown's coaching spot uh, on the bench. Don Livingston went to the front office. Iggy can stay on the coaching staff. And then if Kenny Atkinson's gone to Charlotte, we bring in the we bring in the 
boys back together. We'll bring in Luke Walton. So Luke Walton's on the Cavs, I think. Oh, he is? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Vogel it is then. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so I thought Belly was good tonight. Um, he did play very good defense against Jason Tatum, and I know down the stretch in the regular season, he was a little bit of a cone defensively. Um, him and better. Loon – him and Loon and Draymond did well, containing Al Horford, who had two points and didn't see much, uh, too much kissing from Al uh, tonight, as well as handling Robert Williams. Um, so I thought Belly was good, Loon, all three of those guys. Andrew Wiggins was a beast on the glass again, crucial in getting those offensive rebounds creating extra possessions, kicking out to a staff Jordan Poole three. I didn't mention Clay because Clay's not hitting the threes. Um, so, Wiggs, crucial again. Um, he's living up to that money he's making. He's living up yeah, to that. Yeah, not $31 million, but, you know, $20 million, that looks nice. Yeah. But, you know, Joe Lacob, he's going to afford everything once this once this runs over with how much money he's been making from those ticket prices. Oh, yeah. And now that there's a game five now, uh, Joe Lacob's uh, drooling with that money. Like, he's probably – he's like a Mr. Krabs, you know, with that money, money, money. Um, All praise. Yeah. Um, last thing, um, Boston, right? You expect them to come out with adjustments in game three. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think they're going to come up with as an adjustment? I think instead of double-teaming tipping stuff, it's going to be triple teams now. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised if I thought uh, going back to tonight, I thought the best lineup that the Warriors put out there was Steph, (laughs) GP2, Otto, Draymond, and Wiggins. That was the best lineup that they put out there. And I would like to see that in game three. Granted, you don't have, you only have, one offensive, two offensive weapons, really. I mean, Otto can pull up and shoot the three. He's automatic from the corner. Um, but, I mean, Steph and Wiggins are the only guys who really look offensively. Um, adjustments, I mean. I expect a lot of blitzing Steph on the pick and rolls instead exactly. of letting. Triple teams. Yeah. They're not going to let Al Horford guard Steph one-on-one anymore. On an island. No, Steph's going to cook them again and again and again. They're, they're not going to let that happen. Which leads to um, the idea of we don't want Steph beating us. We just want the others beating us. So I feel so like that that's means Clay needs to <laughs> hit those shots. Same with Wiggins, though. Um, in game no, one, you know, Wiggins I mean, hitting his threes tonight. I don't know. I know, like, but in game one, he had a lot of open looks. But uh, in game two, he had a couple missed layups. You got a couple missed layups that uh, could have been easy six points there. Four yeah, to six the, points. yeah, the Warriors were blowing layups like crazy in the first half. I With Andrew Wiggins' athleticism, he just needs to go up there and try to dunk it. If he, if he tries to dunk it, he's most likely getting fouled and t- getting to the line, which, granted, Wiggs is not the most consistent free throw shooter. But I would rather have one. Just trying to put it up for a dunk when you're blowing layups – no, just dunk the ball, man. Especially when you're when you got a clear path to the basket. Dunk the ball. Don't lay it up. Dunk it. He's the got like guy, a 40, he's got a 40-inch vert and he's scared the, to dunk it. The only guy who should not be dunking on this team is Steph. Because he doesn't have hops. So 
There you go. Jordan Dude, disrespecting Poole. Steph, bro. He has he does kind of high. He has hops a little bit. Jordan Poole, nah, Jordan Poole can dunk, but you know, I'm not no, I never disrespect Steph. Steph better. Steph better. Hashtag Steph better. We done. Episode number 97 is in the books. It's actually 98, I think. 98? <laughs> We're so close to that episode 100 right now. I know, bro. Episode number 98 is in the books. Thank you all for uh, listening and uh, all the support. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Catching Dubs Pod and on Twitter at Dubs Pod Game 3, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on ABC. Warrior Celtics pivotal game three at TD Garden in Boston should be an electric atmosphere. Boston's a great city. I've been to Boston. Great city. Um, and episode hundred. Stay tuned. Maybe some uh, special surprise. Yeah, a little special. 100. Yeah, a little special, special brewing. A little special. But Warriors got a lot of work to do till Wednesday, and. Uh, we'll see you then for the recap. Yes, sir, baby. One down, three to go. Yes, sir.